Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. We are joined today by Caitlin Rollins, who is a virtual reality and innovation specialist at the Veterans Affairs Innovation Ecosystem. Caitlin stands at the forefront of the Veterans Health Administration's early research into the application of virtual reality, otherwise known as immersive technology, towards a range of conditions. This covers both physical and mental health, with the agency having already launched pilot programs that use VR towards helping treat PTSD and anxiety, as well as using these capacities to assist patients with chronic pain management. While still in an early phase of its development, VA's immersive technology research has progressed considerably over the past three years, including the launch of various local programs alongside a rapid growth in its number of dedicated researchers nationwide. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start with uh, kind of a broader question. As some context for our audience, could you share a bit about your background and what brought you originally to the VHA's innovation ecosystem? Absolutely. I am a registered nurse by clinical training, actually, though I also have an art degree, but began my career with the VA in 2017 on a post-surgical ward as a staff nurse at the Charles George VA Medical Center. But very quickly, about eight months into my career with the VA, I actually started working on developing a virtual reality pilot for post-operative patients. And kind of as that project grow, like started to grow since 2017, it gradually moved me into a different work path entirely, one that I never expected. Uh, and in 2019, I ended up receiving the ANCC Pathway Award and then became a fiscal year 20 um, Innovators Network Sparkseed Spread Investee. Both of those really allowed me to start dedicating a lot of my time to further implementation of virtual reality in different patient areas. And then in late 2019, the virtual reality community of practice was formed and has since grown into the VHA Extended Reality Network, which I'm a co-lead. And that you know, is organizationally located underneath the innovation ecosystem. And then in January of this year, I took over as innovation specialist for the Western North Carolina VA healthcare system, um, which is part of the innovators network also underneath the innovation ecosystem. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive trajectory. And the next uh, question I want to ask, and this is, I guess, a, a more broader question about VR as a whole, because I'm imagining for a lot of folks in the public and potentially for a lot of our listeners, when they think of VR, they tend to think of popular media. They think of maybe video games or, you know, maybe things like, you know, certain forms of training for the military. I'm imagining for a lot of folks, the idea of VR being applied to uh, medical care and treatment is, is kind of a, a novel idea. And it sounds like it's relatively new. You said VA began exploring VR as part of its treatment programs around 2017? Yeah, it was about 2016, 2017, when the VA really started exploring the use of VR clinically. I would agree with you. Most people, uh, when I say virtual reality, assume that I'm talking about gaming of some kind. But clinical VR use, while it has some similarities, is quite different. And of course, the Department of Defense has been maybe investigating virtual reality longer for things like PTSD. But the clinical use of VR in the VA was around that time. And that's when I began my project. It was in 2017. Um, and at that time, couldn't find anyone else doing clinical work with VR within the VA. Um, and now there's, you know, over 100 VA medical centers that are using or starting to use extended reality in some form at this time. Yeah, that's an impressively quick adoption, and, and especially for, for a new technology, which makes it sound clearly like there's a lot of promise there and a lot of really useful, as you said, clinical applications. As an overview, you'd mentioned PTSD uh, work being done within the DOD. What are 
as a general overview of the particular benefits of using VR to treat anxiety-related conditions, including like PTSD? For that, it really depends on how you're treating it. So for example, the VHA is piloting a program for virtual reality-based exposure therapy at multiple sites, which as we know, exposure therapy can definitely help veterans with coping with the traumas that they've experienced. And virtual reality allows it to be done in a much more immersive way, potentially way more effective. Uh, Those pilots have unfortunately been on hold due to COVID, but are now starting to ramp back up again. We actually had a meeting this week about it. However, there are also VR platforms focused more on actual just stress resilience and coping through the use of like relaxation curriculums, um, as well as platforms that utilize positive distraction to decrease the effects of anxiety-related conditions. And additionally, I know of at least one VA clinician that has developed their own cognitive behavioral therapy VR program for use with patients combating substance use disorder, often a secondary diagnosis to PTSD. And we also have clinicians using VR as part of ketamine infusion therapy in California to help with anxiety and improving the veteran experience for that particular therapy. So there's a lot of potential impacts and we're still just scratching the surface for improving PTSD treatment uh, with this technology. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it sounds like it really connects with these more uh, advanced forms of of mental health treatment and behavioral health support. And it sounds like many of these can even be adopted and used in the home, if I'm reading it correctly. Yeah, it definitely can be. And that's an area that we're just now starting to explore is home use of VR. To be fair, most of that use right now is focused primarily on pain management and potentially rehabilitation. So FDA approved platforms for physical and occupational therapy. But there's definitely some potential there for mental health as well, um, especially utilizing virtual reality as a form of telehealth. Absolutely. And I want to ask a bit more about physical pain symptoms and how VR is useful for that, because that is, you know, a, a bit of a transition away from mental health towards pain management. How does VR or how is VR shown potential to help with that area of medical care as well? Uh, That's multifaceted as well. So it can be done in different ways, depending on the type of pain that they might be experiencing. So for example, acute pain is definitely more affected by distraction. So interactive games environments can be really useful at distracting attention away from negative stressors to more positive stimuli. Chronic pain, while that positive distraction can be helpful for temporary relief, may actually benefit more from education or coping curriculums offered in VR platforms like cognitive behavioral therapy or pain neuroscience education. So there's now, when I first started my project, there was very little research about the use of VR for chronic pain, but that has changed significantly in the past couple of years. And more research though is still needed regarding length of session needed for each type and really the right platform and content needed for specific pain use cases but it's definitely coming along um, much more so in the past couple of years. But um, to give an example, I just recently, this past week actually, aided our facility to use virtual reality in the operating room for the first time on a patient during a surgery to aid with relaxation, pain, anxiety management. And it uses a VR platform that has specific imagery and music for brainwave training to make the patient drowsier and more relaxed actually during a procedure when general anesthesia is not being used. And then there's, of course, also pain management as it relates to improved function. So quite a few VAs are beginning to explore the use of VR for physical and occupational therapy, as I mentioned, and improving function can also help lessen chronic pain for many of these patients or even acute pain. 
So the XR network is currently standing up quite a few different quality improvement and research studies using VR for a multitude of different use cases, including chronic pain and rehabilitation. But there's so many different mechanisms of action for that technology in the pain management space. Yeah, it sounds like an incredibly adaptable tool and one whose potential is still being realized across multiple areas of, of healthcare, both in terms of mental and physical health. And you mentioned that it sounds like VR is, as of this point in time, as of um, October 2021, has been used and deployed across, you said, about 100 VA medical facilities at this point? Yes, um, it's grown uh, very rapidly. I think I, I might have mentioned that we created in 2019 a community of practice related to virtual reality use in the VHA as a few more people were starting to get interested. And at that time, the community of practice maybe had about 12 people in it. And now we have over 400 um, and there's virtual reality or some other extended reality. And like I said, over a hundred VA medical centers. So it's grown a lot. And myself and Dr. Ann Bailey, who's the co-lead of the VHA extended reality network, uh, she works for the innovation ecosystem. We have been trying to help spread the use of VR by kind of evaluating external companies that offer VR platforms and building collaborations with them to allow VA medical centers across the country to pilot those platforms and the hardware for free for a certain period of time um, and, you know, and allowing those external partners to get data from the use of their software in exchange. So it really is a mutually beneficial relationship that we've been forming with lots of different companies and has really allowed us to spread the use of this technology very rapidly. Yeah, it sounds like that's been really effective at encouraging the adoption of, of VR, both within particular uh, VA centers, but also in terms of encouraging the application of VR to, to novel areas. Again, it sounds like you'd discuss occupational therapy a bit earlier as a, a growing and promising area. Are there other uh, use areas that you are looking into or, or might potentially look into in the community of practice to broaden the use of VR beyond the early critical cases of anxiety and pain treatment, for example? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned some of it. So the rehabilitation aspect is a big, a big one at the moment. We have lots of uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, recreational therapists, very interested in using this technology for some of the work that they do. In addition to creative arts therapy, even, uh, that's going to be a very large rollout in the near future. And then also, you know, specific pain use cases like phantom limb pain, which is a very specialized form of chronic pain, of course. But then, as we mentioned earlier, using it for mental health and different use cases there. Procedural use is a newer one recently that has popped up um, and I think has a lot of potential impact. And then also more employee facing clinical use cases as well. So for education, training, uh, we have empathy training in virtual reality that we're rolling out, as well as some for nursing education, or even things like surgical planning. So there's a really, it's just a, the sky is the limit, really, <laughs> in terms of the number of use cases. And the benefit of working with the VHA Extended Reality Network is that I get to talk to so many different frontline clinicians all over the country who bring ideas to us that we hadn't even thought of yet and are great potential use cases for virtual reality. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Absolutely. It sounds like the collaborative work has proven to be really promising and a really fertile ground for expanding the usage of VR. 
And I want to bring us to a bit more uh, down to the present moment. And we are recording in the middle of October 2021 right now with the IEX conference uh, coming up at the end of the month. And it sounds like you'll be participating in the Shark Tank competition. And I'm curious, how were you selected for the Shark Tank competition? And what prototype will you be entering this year? Well, it was uh, actually a surprise. <laughs> uh, the director of the Diffusion of Excellence portfolio of the innovation ecosystem and Shark Tank uh, wanted to do a director's pick this year for the first time of two projects that did not actually apply to the competition. And my project, uh, Virtual Reality for Pain and Anxiety Management, was selected as one of the director's picks this year. So this project is the one that I initiated in the Western North Carolina VA healthcare system on the post-surgical ward, but it's really applicable to almost any patient area. And we use VR locally in a lot of them. So what started on that inpatient ward is now used in ICUs, mental health units, our long-term care, short-term rehabilitation, hospice, oncology infusion, even podiatry and interventional radiology. Um, so this technology is super easy to use and an easy program to start and perfect for diffusion to other medical centers and has already done so um, through INET funding in 2020. Yeah, and again, that does sound incredibly promising. You know, before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask uh, kind of a final question. Is there anything you would really like our audience to know about where VHA is going with virtual reality and what we can potentially expect to see, say, in the next year or two? Well, just recently, the innovation ecosystem has made uh, immersive technology one of their pillars in terms of what our goals are as an entity. And so I think we're going to see it expanding even more rapidly across our very large healthcare system um, and multiple use cases popping up again. And we're also starting to delve a little bit more into actual research related to virtual reality use with veteran populations. So I think you should expect to see in the next year or two quite a few different research studies popping up all the way across the system for multiple use cases as we start to look at more specifically the utility for this virtual reality technology um, and the use with veteran populations specifically. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how those come out. I'm certain they're going to provide a lot of deeply needed care for veterans who might really be struggling with a condition like PTSD. Anyway, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It was wonderful to have you. Yeah, thank you again. It was a pleasure to talk to you and always excited to talk about what we're doing in the VHA. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris and Adam Patterson. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.